Good day. Welcome to Dispensational Ministries podcast. This message is entitled Jesus Christ and the Base Nature of Mankind. In this message, we're going to talk some about mankind's often stubborn and willful unbelief and what to do when men will not listen to the truth. Many times, men and women become so entrenched in their unbelief and sin and evil that no manner of persuasion can change their minds or path and patterns of life. The following passage that we'll take as our text for this message is found in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus had been in the garden praying when Judas led some men from the high priest to take Jesus Christ prisoner. This is the account in Luke, which took place after the Lord Jesus had been arrested. Luke twenty two sixty three begins by saying, And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, Who is it that smote thee? And many other things blasphemously spake they against him. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, If I tell you, ye will not believe. And if I also ask you, Ye will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said to them, Ye say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. Of course, as the story goes on, the account goes on, The Lord Jesus Christ was scourged and persecuted and beaten and shamed and taken out and crucified at Calvary. The study of sociology is defined in Webster's Dictionary as the study of the development, structure, and functioning of human society. It is a study of social problems. Basically, it is a study of mankind and why people do what they do in a social setting, whether it is in individual groups or as nations as a whole. The greatest book ever written on sociology and the behavior of mankind is the Bible. If a person has a desire to know who and what we are, why we do the things we do as human beings, the Bible is the one single best source for that information. If one has a desire to better understand human nature, if one has a desire to know who we are and why we do the things we do, if we want to know what makes us tick, as some say, if we want to better understand how, as a people, we can learn to live together in peace and safety and prosperity, then the Bible as the revealed truth and word of God has the answers to those questions and thousands of others. There truly is an 
immeasurable depth of wisdom and knowledge in the Bible. The Bible gives us tremendous insight into us, who we are, and why we do the things we do. It is the greatest book ever written concerning the human psyche and what makes us tick as human beings. Here were some men who had been confronted with overwhelming evidence of Jesus Christ and who he truly was and is. But they steadfastly refused to accept the truth. They were not interested or concerned with the learning or knowing the truth. They had been consumed with only looking for ways and means to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ. They had declared themselves his enemies, and they set out on a course to destroy him at all costs and by any means. They never looked for the truth. They were not in search of the truth. They were only concerned with seeking out ways to destroy him. That is why Jesus said, And thou, or when they asked him, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, If I tell you, ye will not believe. He knew that no matter what he said or what evidence he gave to them, they would not believe. And they would not be deterred from seeking to destroy the Lord Jesus. He knew far better than we the base evil nature of mankind and the kind of evil motives they can become consumed by. Nothing, according to his words, could have nothing he could have done or said would have changed their minds. These words were spoken by the preexistent Son of the living God who knew and knows mankind. And he knows far and away better than any of us could ever pretend to know about mankind. He, by his own words, knew and admitted that these men would not be deterred from their evil, no matter what he, the Son of God, said to them. Yes, all of these things took place according to the determinate counsel and plan of God to bring to pass Calvary. But it is also a tremendous example of insight into the nature of people when evil consumes their very being. As I said before in these podcasts, we are free will agents and God will not force anyone to believe or repent against their own stubborn will. Could Jesus have spoken a word and struck these men down and forced them to accept and believe? Well, without a doubt, yes. He could have. But in line with his divine natures, nature and his sovereign dealings with mankind, he did not. A great lesson we can learn from this is that we should not be so foolish as to think or believe that we can do what he has determined and did determine to do in his earthly ministry. I'm not attempting to be fatalistic here and declare all things are hopeless. They are not. There is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ to change the hearts and minds of men and women, even the very worst of men and women. But that can only take place when the plan and program and design of God is obeyed and followed according to his determined will. Paul said, to walk in wisdom towards them that are without, that is, those who are outside the gospel of Jesus Christ and those who are entrenched in the evil of this world. 
The Bible is the only true source of teaching us and providing us, us with the wisdom to know how to walk in wisdom towards them that are without. That is, unregenerate men and women who are outside the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a great lesson about the human makeup that we can learn from the Word of God. Once evil men have been consumed by their evil desires and motives, in many cases, now certainly, I need to say not all cases, but in many, many cases, there's very little that can be done to persuade them from their evil designs. Sometimes, some people are just not salvageable from their evil purposes through logic or reason or even compassion shown towards them. Now, I know in light of all the modernistic religious preaching in our day concerning what they suppose is a spark of divinity within all of mankind, this may sound a bit harsh and unchristian, but it is not. It is perfectly in line with the divine teachings of the Word of God concerning mankind and mankind's depravity. The truth is there is no spark of divinity within any unregenerate, unsaved, non-born-again person. For many people, no amount of persuasion or words of kindness or acts of compassion can deter them from their evil purposes and intentions. There is no middle ground or compromise with certain people who have been consumed by evil designs, purposes, motives, and intentions. Just a few hours before this passage in Luke Luke took place, the servant of the high priest led a company of men to take Jesus captive. And they led him away as a prisoner for judgment. They found him in the garden, and Peter attempting to protect Jesus, cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Well, Jesus picked up that ear from off the ground and put it back on the man and made it as good as new. Would not a person think that that man would have seen the truth of Jesus Christ? Who else in all of creation could have done such a thing? restore a cut-off ear to the side of a man's head and make it as good as new? Did those men who saw this take place fall to the ground and worship Jesus as the Son of God? My friend, no, they did not. They took him prisoner, carried him away to judgment, and read what they did even after witnessing him Restore that man's ear. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And they continued on in their blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if a guy cut off my ear... And the man standing next to him picked it up and put it back on my head as good as new. That would get my attention. 
but it did not for these evil men who were steeped and consumed by their evil intentions against the Lord Jesus Christ. A sad state of being inside mankind's fallen nature testifies that true and lasting change in a person's nature or character and his practice seldom and most often never comes by mere reformation, but by regeneration. In many cases, and I want to repeat what I said above all, not all cases, and I'll expound on this in a few moments, but in many cases, no amount of words of persuasion outside of the regeneration by the Spirit of God in Jesus Christ is sufficient to persuade men and women from evil. The only true device for doing that is regeneration through the gospel of Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit of God in Jesus Christ. If people steadfastly refuse to repent, accept, and believe the truth in Jesus Christ, many will never be deterred from their evil designs. God will never force anyone to believe and accept the truth. It is in this day and age an individual choice given to mankind as free will beings. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There are always going to be men and women who hate and despise the truth and men and women who are going to steadfastly oppose anyone who is busy speaking and teaching and preaching the truth of God and trying to share the truth of the gospel with anyone. Words, logic, or reason, it will never convince these people otherwise. They will continue to be entrenched in their opposition and even persecution at times of the truth and of those who believe and stand for the truth. So what do we do when we are confronted by men or people of evil purposes and designs who will not be persuaded from their evil, who seek to oppose our efforts in Jesus Christ? What do we do as God's people when stubborn and willful men and women will not listen or accept the truth and they, in fact, continue to seek the demise of the truth? If you are a saved, born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have a sincere concern for what is taking place in American society, and what really appears to be a widespread, widespread repudiation of the truth of the Word of God. If you are concerned and maybe a bit alarmed by what is taking place, you are probably asking yourself, what can be done? What can we do? Is there any way to reverse the seeming lunacy and hate and unbelief in the things of God and righteous standards of God in this country? What can we do? What should we do? Is there anything as God's people that can be done? If men and women cannot be reached by reason and logic, how can Anything ever be done to salvage those masses of people in this country who seem to have been taken captive by this lunacy of evil? What can I do that will 
help ensure the future for my children and grandchildren. Many are asking in this age. Well, in truth, there's no magic or instant solution or answer. But there is a great deal that can be done and must be done in this country if this country is to have any hope whatsoever of surviving and overcoming some of the evil things and matters that are taking place. Yes, sadly, evil has gripped much of American society in in a way that has never been seen before in this country. Yes, that which was once believed by many, many, many people in this country and believed as truth in the Word of God, sadly, is now considered to be a lie in the hearts and minds of many. But I, for one, do not believe that all is lost, not as long as the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is present on this earth. Yes, certain men and women will never be reached or persuaded from their evil intent and designs, but some can, and many have been in the past. The worst of the worst can be saved and delivered by the power of God from their evil ways. There are many such examples in the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul where some of the most vile and evil men and women have been converted to the truth of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. True, there are also examples of people who steadfastly refuse to listen and believe the truth. Paul told young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is the last book, last epistle that Paul wrote before he died. He gave young Timothy an extreme and wise word of caution. He told him in chapter 4 and verse 14, he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou aware, that is, be aware, be, be careful around this man. For he hath greatly withstood our words. In other words, no amount of persuasion was able to convert, stop Alexander from his evil ways and his intentions. Alexander was a coppersmith, a tradesman in the city of Ephesus. And he made and sold copper statues of idols, false gods. Paul came into that city preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he converted large volumes of men and women from that idol worship and out of those false pagan idolatries. Hence, the business of idol or selling idols was hurt in the city of Ephesus as was recorded in the book of Acts. In other words, this man was making a great deal of money and fortune off the selling of copper idols. Simply put, Paul's preaching hurt the pocketbook of some of the people in Ephesus 
who made their living by profiting from the false idol industry and worshiped. Alexander led a revolt in that city against Paul and some of the Christian converts there, and he caused a great deal of persecution to come to the church in Ephesus. Years later, after Paul had left the city and wrote back to Timothy, Alexander had still not been converted, and he was still causing problems for the Christians there in Ephesus. Any man who could withstand the words of the greatest preacher and apostle to have ever lived, the Apostle Paul, would certainly be one of those unsalvageable men we've been talking about. No doubt, Alexander remained a thorn in the flesh and enemy of the gospel for many years. And in all probability, is in hell right this minute. Yes, I'm sure he got his just rewards. But before death found him, he caused a great deal of harm and conflict to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's also another example of a man in the Bible named Sosthenes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul said this. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. In Acts 18, Sosthenes was the open and vicious enemy of God and the gospel that Paul preached. But here in 1 Corinthians, he is said to be our brother. Sosthenes was at one time a vicious enemy of Paul and of Paul's ministry and of Paul's preaching in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sosthenes, like Alexander, also led a great revolt in another city, the city of Corinth against Paul and the new converts there in that city. He stirred up some great persecutions against Paul and the Christians and tried to destroy the gospel in that city. But fortunately, unlike Alexander, something happened to Sosthenes. Oh, Sosthenes, at some point, got saved and turned from his wicked ways in Jesus Christ. In Acts 18, and, the, and then the writings of 1 Corinthians, and this took place about, sometimes, about six years after Acts 18, something tremendous happened to Sosthenes during those six years. He was converted was born again, was salvaged through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Sosthenes became a new creature in Jesus Christ. The worst of the worst can be saved. Maybe few are, but many can be. There are going to be men and women we come across in this course of our lifetime who are, in truth, not going to be salvaged. They will never be reached, no matter how sincerely and fervently we try. And there will be some who are the worst of the worst, who can and will be reached with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
with those who will not be salvaged, we do what Paul instructed us. We walk in wisdom towards them that are without. But wait a second, and here's the crux of the matter. How do we know and determine the difference between these men and women? Well, in truth, there's only one way. And the Word of God teaches us how to make those determinations in the wisdom of the Word of God. It is extremely critical we become wise in the things of God as they are revealed in the Bible as the Word of God. Now, that wisdom will not come to us instantaneously, but it will come if we give diligence to our Bible study. See, that is one more reason the child of God must be fully and thoroughly instructed in the truth of the Word of God. The truth of the Word of God and the wisdom of God clearly teaches that there are wicked, vile, evil men and women alive in this world who will go to their grave as wicked and vile and evil men and women who will never be reached with the truth. But there are some who can and will be converted by the truth of the Word of God. Of course, the key is being able, in the wisdom of God, to know the difference. There's an old adage which says this, kind of a prayer, I suppose. Lord, give me the strength to change the things I can change and the strength to accept what cannot be changed and the wisdom to know the difference. The wisdom of the Word of God and it alone can provide the necessary wisdom for making those determinations and the wisdom to know the difference. In our next podcast, we will examine a course of action as example, once again, by the Lord Jesus Christ concerning what I have been trying and attempting to say in this study. That next podcast study will be entitled, In the Meantime.